This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio, 929thegame.com. Yeah! Sam Crenshaw to the second hour. Minus Greg Clarkson. Got Eric Slaughter, other side of the glass on this Sunday morning. Beautiful sunrise outside. Now we can see it. Uh, first we start out, the sun's not up. It's up now. We can see a beautiful sunrise uh, outside our windows here. Nine floors up here studios. Good morning, everybody. We're going to give a morning shout-out to folks in Kirkwood. Let's have you been over in Kirkwood, man. I was over there yesterday. Help me out. Where is Kirkwood at? Kirkwood is an area over near East Lake. Okay. The golf course is a community right over there off Jose Williams. Okay. And that, that well, okay, there. then, I mean, I, I would have just called that Glenwood, or but I didn't know it had an actual name. Yeah, because a name over there. It's I've been community. over there. It's been a minute, but what I love when I go over there is the the older homes, the, the yeah. colonials. Mm-hmm. Man, mm-hmm. beautiful homes. They've done they've done an excellent job over there doing yeah. some things. Restoration and stuff. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a beautiful you know. place. And uh and then um what's it, East Decatur over there or East Atlanta? East Atlanta. Oh, nice area yeah, too. Nice too. Go over there and get have some live music and mm-hmm. have a few cocktails and yeah. you know. <laughs> well, it's yeah. a nice place to get something to eat over and whatnot. Yeah. So it's it's nice. the patio this time of year, sit out on the patio, get some good food, mm-hmm. watch the Watch the people watching. People watching is one of my favorite pastimes, that's, and, and and that's a great place to do that. Yeah, you sit there and just watch people walk back and forth and say, "Hey, how you doing?" You know, <laughs> Southern thing. You that's know, what we speak, do. That's speak right. to everybody. That's what we do. Yeah, everybody yeah, come everybody. by. You know, <laughs> that's a wonderful place. Shout out to the folk over that way. Uh, into our second hour, and um, you know, as usually at this time, we usually talk about some things that happening locally, and we, we we throw around some things that are happening. College baseball is going on, and, and and women's softball as well. That World Series is always fun to watch. Always, always, always so much fun to watch. Um, the, the competition with that is just intense, and uh, you'll see something amazing. You tune in and watch it, and you always see something amazing. 
You know, Eric, you you oh. you're a big fan. Well, well, you know, I umpire fast pit softball and fast pit softball. People don't realize those young ladies are some serious athletes. Yeah, yeah, they are. And uh, <laughs> I mean, think about it: Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are going to probably meet in the final. You know, one of the biggest rivalries of two schools. And they dominate some fast food softball, but UCLA is good and Georgia's good. And people always ask me, you know, what's one of the best athletes you've ever seen? And I'll tell you this, Sam. When Jaden Fields, Justin Fields' sister, mm-hmm. was at um, Harrison playing softball, right? You want to talk about an athlete? Yeah. I was in the, I had her, and I'm in the, the base, doing the base umpiring one time, and she hit a ball that hit off the, the wall, and she ran past me like a thoroughbred horse, and I got to chase her <laughs> because as the field umpire, you got to right, take her move. from first to second to third. Right. And if you don't take the right angle, she's so fast, I'm like, if she goes to third, I'll never catch her. And uh, I mean, but she's one of the best. So, yeah, no. Folks, if you have not seen the college, the women's college World Series, you're missing out because yeah. those – and the way those pitchers spin that softball – and the trajectory, they, they bring that thing 68, 70 miles an hour. Yeah. And it's coming from their hip. Pew, pow! Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. It's really fun. It was great. Now, you were working yesterday. Where, where, where were you? Uh, uh, Shouts out. I was at Sharon Springs Park in Alpharetta. Okay. Uh, doing some travel baseball. Okay. Some uh, 12, 13-year-olds, 11-year-olds. Just talented. Really? You know, when you see. Is everybody on their best behavior? Uh, the, the players or the parents? <laughs> and that's two different things. All right, well, you know well. the coaches. The coaches were really good. We got. I love when a coach will come up to you and say, "Hey, hey, Blue, we appreciate what you do." And um, uh, when I go out there and do, you know, the travel ball, sometimes you get umpires that I've been through a lot of training. You know, I've been to college camps, the GHSA camps, and I've been to perfect game camps. And you pick up techniques because they bring out MLB umpires, and they show you techniques. And you can be—you can tell when you're working with someone who hasn't been to a camp, okay. doesn't know the proper rotations, or unfortunately, someone who's just not as—I don't want to use the lazy word, but I'll use the lazy word. Sometimes you get out there and you get you get a little lackadaisical, right? And but when a when a coach comes out and you say, "Hey, man, I saw you out there hustling." And I appreciate the effort because you're giving it to our guys. And the one thing you say is, well, I don't want to cheat these young men because they're out here giving their best. So if I'm cheating them, you know, that's not fair. Right. And I'm getting paid to be here. So right. there right. you go. Right. No, I, had a, I had a blast. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic, man. Great stuff. Great stuff. Uh, we're talking baseball and we're talking the, the regionals that are going on. A better day for teams from our area yesterday because the opening day, man, was, was pretty, pretty, pretty brutal. Uh, but yesterday up in um, Knoxville, Georgia Tech got back in the win column. They beat Bama State 13-4. to That was an elim- elimination game. Georgia Tech will face uh, Campbell again today, who really had Tennessee on the ropes for a minute. But Tennessee was able to, uh, to beat them. Uh, Georgia's playing up in Chapel Hill, the regional up there. Uh, they beat Hofstra 24-1. They scored 13 runs in the third inning. And they will get to play North Carolina today because North Carolina lost to VCU. So that's coming up in the Chapel Hill Regional. Georgia will be, be in action later on today. Kennesaw State bounced back from that uh, heartbreaking loss to LSU. Had seven runs, and uh, LSU came back to win it. They beat Army yesterday 9-8, to and they will get to play Southern Miss. That's down in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, at the Hattiesburg 
regional. Georgia Southern yesterday played two. They got an 8 nothing win over UNC Greensboro, but they lose to Notre Dame 6-4. So Georgia Southern is hosting a regional down in Statesboro, and they will play Texas Tech. Uh, that is coming up today if you're keeping up with the college baseball and teams from our neck of the woods, woods and what they were doing. Uh, the Georgia Athletic Coaches Association is when the Hall of Fame weekend. And so they had uh, Hall of Fame inductees and Hall of Fame recipients that were honored this weekend up in Dalton. Uh, the Hall of Fame inductees, uh, coaches basketball, uh, Lee Hill and Seth Bindings were honored. And the basketball, Hal Lamb, baseball, Donnie English, and golf, Terry Tooley. Uh, they're the Hall of Fame inductees for 2022. And you got the Hall of Fame award recipients. Um, the Carlton Cookie Kell Award goes to Scott Powers. Uh, the Dwight Keith Award, Jesse Cruz. Lifetime Achievement Award, Cammie Daly. Uh, Official of the Year Award, Ralph Julius Green Jr. Um, Executive Director Award, Maurice Freeman. Uh, Lee Murray Award, Bill Bailey. The Beverly Sanders Reigns Award, uh, Tracy York. Uh, the Sam Burke Award goes to Dr. Robin Hines in the Earl Etheridge Meritus Award. Uh, Eddie Ashley, George Spencer, and Carol Wright, congratulations to all of those being honored at the um, Georgia Athletic Coaches Association Hall of Fame weekend up at Dalton. Of course, we have something coming up, uh, an inaugural class coming up this fall of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame, which is different. These coaches don't go into the High School Football Hall of Fame because the High School Football Hall of Fame is just for players, just players, and it's going to cover all, um, you know, different eras uh, of high school football going, going all the way back to the, the earliest, earliest times. So it, it's been neat uh, to have people talk about this and to learn about uh, some of the players from the past and some names you've heard, and now you're getting some of the stories behind the names. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's been, been neat to be a part of learning. So we're looking forward to whittling uh, the group down and rolling out this first class coming up in October. O- October. So will it be a Saturday banquet? Or? It'll, be, it'll be a Saturday event. Okay. And I'm tr- trying to see exactly how that's going to all come together because it's uh, is October 22nd uh, at the um, at the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, you know, you know, you know, when you're in that meeting and they say, "Hey, we need a master of ceremonies," you know, raise your hands like I know somebody. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it. I'm on the board. Yeah, you know, but yes. they say, well, you know, because you, you would be the man if they if you weren't on the voting. But, you know, if they say, hey, we need a master ceremony, they like, well, I got somebody in mind. <laughs> I, I remember that. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. You go out there because yeah. it, it, it's going to be fun. Because, I really mean, different. I'm assuming there's there's got to be a at, a at a hotel maybe, maybe a fine establishment and got to have the ballroom. and Yeah. Because you're going to have, I mean, I would think you would have a good media presence you know, the news, you know, different cameras out there. Because this, this is a big deal. It really is. It you really know? is. So, it really is. So, so you know, look, look, looking forward to it. Looking yeah. forward to it. And we'll see who, who makes it in this inaugural class. And uh, a lot of people hit sometimes on social media that you remember this person, yeah. that you remember this person. Right, yeah. How about them? You yeah. know, so, It's going to be some hurt feelings to not be a part of that first first class. <laughs> and that's, and that's, that's the whole part of it because all were great. All were great yeah. and, 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 and accomplished great things in those. And the things about it, when you think about high school football, you think, think about the communities, the communities that they represented, you know, and the people, the folks in those communities, that's their guy. You're right, right, right. You know, what do you yeah. mean I got to yeah. measure it? What do you mean I got should make it in? You yeah. know, so that's yeah. 
that's the thing you, 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 you got to deal with, some of the towns and communities where Friday nights are just everything. Right. Um, I mean, we all know the, 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 the big names, the Herschels, the, the – uh, the, or the uh, George Rogers, George so, Rogers you know, no. you got Heisman Trophy one, well, you got all kind yeah, of, you know. Yeah. So it, you know, I, I got a name that comes to mind, and I know he had a great high school career, but really, what he has done for his community is what I know him for, and, and I'm sure he'll he'll get on your list at some point. He may not be in that first class, but Eric Berry. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean, I mm-hmm. mean, what he did for the Fairborn Youth Athletic Association once he made it to the NFL. I don't know. If, I'm sure you probably know. Oh, absolutely. He, he, he pretty much get, rebuilt their whole yep. youth program, new training facilities, new uniforms, and, and that's what I love yep. to see. The guys who come from the youth leagues make it and then come back and, come and back say, and touch it, come back and influence. You know what let I mean? Me, you know, let me take care of who took care of me. Yeah. So yeah, He's know. definitely that. He's definitely that. And I know it's his family, a lot of members of his family. Right. Uh, awfully proud of him. And he's, he's, his name's on the list. Okay. He's, he's in there. He's got to be in there, man. Yeah, Anybody yeah. that watched you know, that guy like play. I said, that, Like I said, that, that first list. I, I can't wait to see that first list. You know, I just can't <laughs> wait. And, 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 you know, like I said, I've only been in Georgia. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a trans fan. I've been here about 25 years now. I just I, I can't wait to see that list. I can't yeah, wait to see yeah, it. Yep, yep. So, I mean, that, that's all coming up. It's something that we're looking forward to as we move on uh, toward this season and then it will move through the summer and head for the uh, for the fall season football. I and mean, obviously we're looking forward here at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game to the second season of the, the High School Scoreboard Show, which Eric Slaughter played a prominent role each and every Friday. If, if folks missed the High School Scoreboard Show, how would you explain it to them? Um, I would explain it to them that uh, it, it's, a, it, it was a, it's a great concept. I mean, it's the same kind of concept that you see on TV, but doing it locally – Getting out there to see the different schools, and I think we did a great job of having one on the south side, one on the north side, one on the east side, one on the west side. Shout out to yourself and Day Day for picking the the games we go to. Um, The thing I love about it the most, and thank you to our listeners and fans, every time I'd walk on the school with my 92.9 game polo or 92.9 game bag, and they'd be like, 92.9 game! We love you guys. <laughs> and then they start, I love John and Hugh. I love Dukes and Bell. Yo. You know, oh, man, and, and, and the coaches, and I know you heard it, every time a coach say thank you for show, giving us coverage, thank you for shining a light on what we are doing here. And we were like, coaches, this is our pleasure because yeah, know, man. it was a lot of fun, a yep. lot of fun. Yep. So. It was a lot of fun, and we actually got the, got, got the, uh, got the, got the wings one night, you know, because one night we, we – we, well, we y'all got spoiled in the studio anyway. Even when the wings didn't come, the bo- the, the old underboss, <laughs> you know, we're gonna miss him. So, yeah, so, man. so the new boss, you got, you got to, you got to take man, care of the guys because you got to take care he, of. Us he, now. he pulled out that corporate credit card or whatever it was, <laughs> and next thing I know, because you can't just spoil those guys. On have you ever been here on the Falcon Sunday? Yeah. No. Well, no. I, I'm. 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 I've heard about it though. They get spoiled to death on a Falcon Sunday, and I don't know if the Falcons picking up that bill. Somebody picking up that bill because they eat like kings. <laughs> <laughs> on a Falcon Sunday. Well, we weren't doing bad on Friday nights. We weren't doing bad on Friday nights, and we will see who, you know, who's able to pick that up and continue to do that. We had a, had a, a great time. Obviously, the guys had a wonderful time going out, uh, being part of the games. And you know, shout out to Chris Parker. You know, he came in, get me in the house, and just the conversation, the people we would talk to, our interviews, our pregame, uh, just the way we would set the stage for it. So it, it was a different concept, something new for Metro, for the Metro area. 
to have a scoreboard show and really appreciated the feedback we got from coaches who would come on with us and from officials, a number of officials that I've talked to who said on their way home. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, you know, that's the first thing I would do when I got there would go check in with the Stripes with me being a, a lot of the guys that do football do baseball with me in the spring. That's okay. a natural second sport that a lot of them do. And I'd go check in with them. And like you said, all of them would say, hey, as soon as we get in our truck on the way home, I don't know what it is about officials. We all drive trucks. <laughs> Every, Why is that? Why? It's good for your equipment. Okay. You know, you okay. throw the equipment in the back. And, yeah. you know, if you do multiple sports, you ain't got to worry about switching it out. But they always say, as soon as I get in my truck, <laughs> I turn on the game. I got a text a couple mornings ago from my assigner for high school sports. Okay. And he said, turned on my truck this morning. First thing I heard, your voice. <laughs> so it, that was fun. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It is. You know, and it's great to be in on the part of a, the school year and the time when everybody's so excited. The fall, everybody's looking forward to it. Everything's new. Uh, man, we've kind of put some things behind us as far as this virus so people can go to games and really enjoy themselves uh, again. And uh, it just seems like every time we would check in with you guys, something was happening. We always come to you guys. Let's go ahead and check with Eric Slaughter and somebody just run a touchdown or something. So uh, it's a lot of fun, and we look forward to doing it again in the fall. It'll be a good time. All right, folks, coming up, we just heard from Eric. And next, let's see, Eric's World is coming up at 740. But up next, we're going to check in with Karen Pistana. Maybe she have a little history lesson as far as things at the French Open. From Tennis Panorama News, that is coming up next. Stay with us here on this Sunday morning, Sports Radio 9290 Game and 9290Game.com. You used to call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. Call me on my cell phone. Late night when you need my love. And I know when that hotline bling. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Game.com, Sam Crenshaw, Rod Solo, minus Greg Clarkson. We look to have him back in here with us next weekend. Got Eric Slaughter, other side of the glass, uh, and watching how tennis is going on. I know someone who's keeping an eye on it big time. He's keeping an eye on it for the last couple of weeks over in Paris. Uh, someone we'd love to go to when the major events are taking place. And maybe she has a history lesson for us this morning. A lot of history has gone on and could potentially go on later today at the French Open. Karen Pistana of Tennis Panorama News joining us now. Karen, good morning to you. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I'm sure you got a lot of history, as history's just been happening uh, sim- seemingly day by day uh, over in Paris the last couple of days, and we're watching uh, Coco Golf, who's on the on the on the court right now, struggling some here after taking that first set. She and uh, Jessica Pagula. Yep, right now they're in they're in a decider there, and uh, Garcia and Mladenovich, they are close to winning the match. They're up five two, and they're serving its deuce. So uh, we'll see what happens there. You never know; stranger things have happened. But Goff, who's um, she and Jessica Pagula, the All American team, they, um, this is the first major doubles that they're playing together as a team because Goff usually plays with the Katie McNally. But um, they're doing well, and you know we'll see we'll see what happens. Good on Goff for still playing doubles when you know she wants to move up in singles, and I think actually playing doubles has helped her. Well, it obviously gets her more time um, on the surface there, and then playing in in, in that environment. Uh, yesterday, of course, she made it to the finals, and that was historic in itself. 
didn't go her way. But thoughts about what she gains uh, from, from that experience? Getting to the final is going to give her some confidence. I mean, she made it all the way. She made it all the way there. And it's so funny. A couple of weeks ago, when I was talking to you guys, I was saying, you know, a potential for the final was Coco Goff, and that was only because at the time, the person I thought that from that part of the draw lost in the first round. But you know, she she um, took advantage of all of that and made it made it through. I think it'll only give her confidence, as I said. The thing that she has to work on is her first serve. <laughs> yeah. That gave her problems yesterday. And, oh, sorry to say, she and Pakula just lost. Uh, Garcia and Modenovic have won the, won the women's doubles title at the French. Yeah, but anyway, back to Coco. Yeah. Um, yeah, she can. the experience is great for her. Um yeah, sure. She's disappointed. She didn't do as well, but she was playing the queen of clay at the moment, Igas uh, Sviantek, who hasn't lost a match since February. My goodness. And that's more history. That's 35 matches in a row. And uh, she's so methodical yesterday. It's kind of like a machine. Even Coco said she plays a game that's on a different level. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. She's so in the zone these days. It'll be interesting to see when she actually loses. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, more history later today. Rafael Nadal going for his 14th French Open title and 22nd major, which would extend his record or the record for majors for men to 22. He sits at 21, one ahead of Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. But anyway, he'll be playing somebody who trains at his own academy in Majorca, and that's Kasper Ruud, who's from Norway, first Norwegian, to make the uh, final of a major. This will be interesting, as Ruud, as um, Ruud has said in the past, that you know Nadal is his idol. How he got into tennis, so <laughs> this will be interesting. It will be interesting to see what it does facing the guy who practically owns everything when it comes to playing at Roland Garros. Folks, we're spending time on the waitforit.com hotline with Karen Pistana, Tennis Panorama News. You can follow her always. She is social. Follow her on Twitter at Tennis News TPN, at Tennis News TPN. Nadal gets there, and he's riding a wave. The way he got there at the semifinal, that was on the way to having an amazing match uh, and then the opponent turns his ankle and is not able to continue. Um, they were out there three hours just to play those first two sets. It had been three hours and 15 minutes precisely when Alexander Zverev rolled that ankle. To me, it looked like it must have broke, but um, some, there's some torn ligaments. We don't know how long he's going to be out. I mean, just seeing it happen live was just crazy. You knew something happened. You knew he was not coming back after that. But, yeah, Rafa, Rafa is fortunate that he didn't have to play out the rest of that match because they hadn't even completed two sets, and it's three hours and 15 minutes. They were trading blows. It looked like a heavyweight title fight. And, and you know, I figured that between those two that you were going to get that. And we talked about that side of the draw and how severely stacked that side of the draw was, um, you know, to begin with. And a lot of the firepower was over there and, and, the, and the guys that would really be favorites for this tournament. And that was kind of unfortunate that they all kind of canceled each other out. But you figured, it's okay, that this was going to be a big match uh, because of all the strong, very, very strong players that ended up uh, in, in that side of the draw. 
Yeah, I honestly thought that semifinal was going to be Djokovic and Alcaraz. But, you know, he, <laughs> that's the way the ball bounces, right? <laughs> it's everything you don't expect with this tournament. Exactly. But the, the, thing, the French is the one that usually provides surprises. Um, maybe not in the final for the men because Rafa has owned this tournament. But surprises getting there, you know, getting toward the end on the women's side and men except the final because <laughs> Rafa owns that. <laughs> anyway. Well, we were watching, uh, obviously, on the women's side, a, a dominant player who's number one and looked like they're going to go to the next uh, major event, Wimbledon, that we got some news yesterday that neither Serena or Venus Williams' names appear on the singles entry list that was released Correct. Friday by Wimbledon. Uh, what are we seeing here? I mean, uh, are, are we... Well, what happens usually with the entry list is that it comes out a few weeks before a tournament major, and it shows uh, usually the top so many players are on the entry list and say, yes, I'm coming to play. Now, Venus and Serena are not even ranked in the top 100. In fact, Serena is about 250. And I think Venus is in the 400s. Now, they both being former Wimbledon winners, they could easily ask for a wild card. And they still could. They still could ask for a wild card to get it, and I'm sure Wimbledon would grant it. And as for Serena, since the last match she played was at Wimbledon, um, and she was injured and had to uh, withdraw, she could ask for what's called a protected ranking using the ranking she had back then to come into the tournament. So there are several ways she could play if she really wanted to play. We'll see, because she might decide, you know what, I'm going to play. Uh, but I don't even know how much practicing she's been doing or you know, or whatnot. We'll see. I mean, she's 40. She's 41 in September. Venus is going to be 42 in a couple of weeks. My I goodness. mean, talk about an era. Yeah. Talk about an era. With Obviously. Obviously, and the fact that they're not on this list, she had to watch that final yesterday and said, you know, maybe my 35-year-old self could go out there and, and, and give and, and try to give Swiatek a, a, a push. But maybe she's thinking, my 40-year-old my self, will she allow herself to even think maybe she can't get it done? Oh, I don't think she can't is in her vocabulary. But... um. You know, I I don't know what's in her head. I don't know if she's training, but I honestly, I really did think that she would be back for Wimbledon, and she still could be because you know she just dominates that grass. And the last time she was in the final, though, it was against uh, Simona Halep, and was it 2018? And um, and that was a shocking defeat for her to me. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see. They still could say, oh, you know what? I want a wild card. Let me in. Yep. We'll know that. that. Would she, play, uh, she would play a tune-up? Would she play a tune-up? Obviously, you think she so. Never, she has never played a tune-up to Wimbledon, from my knowledge, um, over the course of her career. Maybe once. But normally, she and Venus never play warm-ups before Wimbledon. That's just there. They the Wimbledon's the only crash court um, <laughs> tournament they play, and that <laughs> tells you something. They've each won the, the the tournament at least five times without a warm up. So, you know, I think they feel comfortable on that grass. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. That injuries to her right leg, and we hope that the injuries had some time to to heal sufficiently 
uh, to allow the opportunity to return to the court. And I know it's something that a lot of people said. It's nice seeing it in the direct TV commercials and everything, uh, but but mm-hmm. be even better to see her uh, back out on, on the court. As we head for Wimbledon now, you know, what do you feel like that Coco does? It's a different surface um, and how she's played that. And another player we we'll know about is Naomi Osaka. Um, oh, I know. Oh, well, Naomi. The natural surfaces that is clay and grass are not Osaka's friend. She's the queen of hard courts. That's her surface. Uh, but I, to be quite honest, I really do not expect her to do that well at Wimbledon. It's just not her surface. Uh, just to be honest, <laughs> not her surface. But stranger things have happened. Um, stranger things have happened. <laughs> oh, but we'll watch, we'll watch and see. Um, uh, how many sets do you think we get in this men's final coming up here in about an hour and a half? Uh, I'm going to give Rude a set, Rafa and four. Okay, you're being very kind. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're being very kind. I, in- I, I, just ha- I just have a feeling that Rude is going to catch some fire in one of the sets. I just have the feeling. Okay, okay, okay. You, 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 you're being kind and generous this morning. And that is great, folks. <laughs> Karen Persane is being kind and generous this morning on this championship <laughs> Sunday morning at the French Open. Karen, as always, we appreciate you getting up and spending. Well, you're up anyway, but we help you. We have appreciate oh, I'm you. I'm up anyway. You, yep. You're up anyway, <laughs> watching things, and and uh, we appreciate you you passing it along to us. And thanks so much. And let's see what happens. See if Rafa gets that 14 today. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he will. <laughs> All right, we'll be watching for that, folks. That's Karen. All right, thanks that, a bunch. Thank you so much. That's Karen Persane. Tennis Panorama News, always the latest with tennis when we uh, have our big, big events are going on. And, of course, you can follow her on Twitter at Tennis News TPN, at Tennis News TPN, as we'll be watching to see what happens a little later on today as uh, Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula uh, come up short right now. They're speaking to the crowd. They're, 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 getting, they're the runner-ups. And so she's bringing back some runner-up hardware. Eric, I don't know how you feel about going, you know, you, you go there first of all, and maybe people don't expect you to do that, but you're bringing back, you know, some, some runner-up hardware, and, and it's a learning curve to do uh, that. Yeah, that. She's going to be there for years and years and years to come. And um, I think, I can't remember, it was, it, was, it was an athlete that once talked about, he's like, you know, I finished it second more than I finished in first, and, and all those seconds. I think it was um, Jack Nicholas talking about all the times he came in second. Second, yeah. You know. We all talk about, you know, oh, he's the he's won more majors than the other, but he's like, yeah, I finished second a lot too, and I learned just as much from finishing second. She, she's going to learn from this. Oh yeah, all these, you know, seconds. And think about Serena. How many times did Serena finish second before she started winning over and over and over again? This this is a process. This is a process. She she's going to be fine. She'll learn from this. She'll you know she'll critique her game and hopefully improve her game. And because she's been working for that, I think I'm sure it's great to see a breakthrough. Because she really has been working and refining her game the last couple of years, and to have this breakthrough has to like to say, "Yeah, you you're doing it in the right thing. You're moving in the right direction yeah. uh, to get that done." So just just a matter of time. Congratulations, two seconds, uh, two second paychecks, which yeah, ain't, I, I'm ain't sure bad. they ain't bad. That's not yeah. bad. That's so. a, the, the, the sponsors and the endorsers are always when you play to the very end of the tournament. There's a whole lot of time for you, whatever you wear or whatever racket you're using to be on display, your sponsors love it. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would like for you to win, but the fact you were there for the final match, you got an ultimate exposure for people who bought tickets to come out or people who watched on TV. Uh, They'll be selling a whole lot of the racket she plays with, 
Uh, the New Balance folks got to be happy. What New Balance got that deal with her over Nike? Uh, they're, they're smiling big time right now, the fact they're able to do that. All right, folks, coming up next, Eric's World. We're going to take that trip into Eric's World. That is coming up. You stay with us on this Sunday morning. Here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. The Sam Crenshaw with you up to 10 o'clock this morning. Flying solo, minus Greg Clark's Greg We'll track, track him down and get him back in here. Uh, but nine floors up in the Kiel studio. Beautiful Sunday, Sunday morning outside. Um, wow, don't see many clouds out there. It's not now. Maybe some clouds may circle in later on, give us a little rain. But uh, a beautiful Sunday morning to get out. If you're getting out this morning, you're headed out to Sunday services, or you're moving around, please go with care. Uh, and please drive carefully. And thanks for letting us ride along with you on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right, it's that time of the show, folks. And if you've been with us in recent weeks, uh, since we, uh, Greg and I have been entrusted back with Saturday and Sunday mornings and been assigned, uh, you know, Eric Slaughter to come in and kind of like keep us in line, wink, wink, uh, is job that, that the task that he has been uh, given uh, to do it with us. Um, we also decided, hey, let, let, let's, let's let this guy open up because, as you've heard in the conversation, he's well-versed in so many things and brings a different perspective, obviously, as an official um, you know, so I mean, to me, have someone that can bring that perspective to things we talk about sports. Because, you know, on this side of the glass, we love to yell, and sometimes we come down on officials a little bit. I don't think I do, but a lot of my cohorts here will say, oh, that's the worst, worst call game I've ever seen in my life. We have someone on the other side of the glass who is above, uh, is of the uh, striped or blue persuasion and, and can bring things from that side of and that perspective. And I truly do appreciate the fact that he does that, first of all, to help our young people. But also, somebody has to do that, and he does it with a great deal of passion and zeal. We appreciate that. But something else he does with passion, he takes us to Eric's world, and that is where we go now. Eric, what would you have for us this Sunday morning? Well, I got a little something that, you know, this was, you know, not say big news this week, but it was a major talking point this week. Uh, one of my favorite current NFL players did the the little media round today, and he had a few things to say about his career. I'm going to play a little clip of that, and we're going to dive into it a little deeper. Um, if, if, if I was to play, it's just to win another Super Bowl, but at the end of the day, it's still a business, and it got to make sense to me and my family. I'm happy. I'm fine. I don't need to play. I don't, the thing is, I don't need to play football to be fine. Like, I'm, 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 I'm fine. Like, I'm, I was blessed to play this game. And we all... Maybe not all, you know, that voice is none other than Los Angeles Rams defensive tackle, Aaron Donald. Okay. Oh, man. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'm assuming you heard okay. some of that. Did you hear any of that audio? Did you? I know you heard the story, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so he is still under contract for the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, the Rams are the reigning Super Bowl champions. Very much. I, I want to say he's only 29 years old. I looked it up in a second, but he's definitely in the prime of his career. Um. I don't think currently, if you had to say who was the best defensive player in all of the NFL, I don't think there's a 1A or 1B. I think he is 1A, 1B, 1C, 1D, 1E, and 1F. <laughs> no, you know, no doubt. He, no he's doubt. it. You know, there's, mm-hmm. a lot, there's, a, there's a lot of really spectacular defensive players currently playing, but he is it, you know. Um, but he is talking that, you know, I've played eight years in the NFL. I've accomplished 
everything I want to accomplish. I think he's a three-time NFL Defense Player of the Year. He's now a Super Bowl champion. He's a multi, 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 multi-millionaire. <laughs> and he is saying that he is really sincere that if if he doesn't want to play anymore, that he'll walk away from this game. Um, most people think that this is a PR ploy for him to get to the negotiating table with the Rams to get a another big contract. So he signed, I think it was a six-year $135 million deal in 2018. Mm-hmm. He's got two years left on it, which is about the time. You know, we all know what the Falcons have done here. We've been through this. With yeah. two years left, that's yeah. time to go back to the negotiation table. And there are people speculating that if they go back, he could get quarterback-like money, $35, $40 million a year to play defensive tackle. You know, which I ain't mad at him. If he can do it, yeah, if he, if he, he, he can it, get it, you know, you know hey. Yeah, you know, but – um. This is where I want to go in Eric's world. So let's imagine that Aaron Donald does not play another down of football. Okay. 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 You take his career resume. I pulled up, you know, it's, it's a list out there of the 20 best NFL players of all time. So now we got to start deciding where does he fall on this list? Okay. So – we're not going to get to number one because I don't think he gets in there. But I would think that he might could get into the top five. So I'm going to give you a few names on this list. Okay. And you tell me whether or not you think he can surplant some of these people. Because I'm looking at the top ten. And, and there's a few names on here I don't even know. Okay, no? but, but Which name you don't know? Uh, Gino Marchetti. Oh, from yep. the Baltimore that, Colts. Yeah, that's going back. That's, that's going, going back. back. That's going okay. back. That's right. going back. He's a great one, though. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at the top six, and and someone at number two really shocked me. But I'm gonna say top. I'm gonna go to the top six, and you tell me whether or not you would say nope. I think Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald, like once again, three time NFL Defense Player of the Year. Okay. Super Bowl champion, and right. and without a doubt, the best defensive tackle of his dominant. era. Dominant. You know, dominant. All right. Dominant. So. Dick Buckus from the Chicago Bears. Wow. Middle linebacker. Yep. Um, he played before the Super Bowl era, if I, yes, if I don't recall he correctly. He, he, he played in the era when you could do things to guys that not only get you penalized, but get you arrested today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. If, he, the guy, if he did things to guys on the field that that yeah. guy did, right. um, some guys in blue uniforms would be waiting outside the locker room. Yeah, and, and, and the fines that they would put on him today, he didn't make that whole much money in his whole career, right, probably. Right, right. He you made more I mean? money in movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Movies and, uh, and uh, Miller, yeah. Miller Light commercials yeah. and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. But would Aaron Donald go above Dick Buckus in your all-time defensive players list? Wow. I don't, I don't know anything about Buckus. He didn't win no championship. He didn't win no championship. Not Super Bowl or NFL championships. Yep. But he was that guy that was feared, and you always wanted to know where he was on the field. Right. As a push. I'm never going to put Donald above him. Okay. And I'm saying that because I remember as a child watching Buckus play gotcha. on okay. TV. All right. So I, that's, a, that's the other thing when you talk about this is generational now. Right. Right. Okay. All okay right. But this is all time. And the next person on this list, this was when I did my own list, I had him on it and I didn't realize he was this high on this considered all time list. And this, this gentleman won four Super Bowls. He's a two time NFL defense player of the year and generally considered one of the best NFL players of all time defensively, and that's being Joe Green. Ooh. Wow. 
That's 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 a big that's a good one, right? Yeah, that's you know? a that's a that's I mean, a very I mean, that's, so, that's so hard, you tell that's me do you, was, was was there still curtain defense without Mean Joe Green? Was he the the he, best defensive player was, on he was, he was that. I mean he and L C Greenwood. Um, you know, with the with the with the cornerstones of that thing. But but you know, and then you had obviously you had the linebackers. Right. That were also a ham and mm-hmm. those are, you know, that's oof. But he was the guy up front though. Yeah. And he was the guy that was making it happen. Yeah. So so from I've seen enough tape of Mean Joe Green, Mean Joe Green, I would take Aaron Donald in his prime over Mean Joe over Green. Mean Joe Green. Over yes. Mean Joe Green. Yep. Okay. And mean Joe Green is number six on this list. All right. Okay. okay. All right. Going to number five. And I love this gentleman, what he did on the field, but I would take Aaron Donald over this guy, Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott. Safety, mostly known yeah. for the 49ers. Yeah, that, that, I would have to do that. Although, I mean – one of my most interesting locker room encounters was with Ronnie Lott. Okay, tell me about it. It was a guy after game at Old Fulton County Stadium. Uh huh. That's and 49ers he, to come here all the time, play the, play the Falcons. Yeah. And they had put a beat down on I'll never forget, and this has been kind of like the heyday of that version of the 49ers. Had Joe Montana, you didn't have a breakout room for guys that back then. Right. So he's standing up on top of like a, a, a stool, mm-hmm. and everybody's leaning in and holding a microphone up to talk to Joe Montana. Okay. You know, Jerry Rice is over in this other corner right, right. now. But Ronnie Lott is sitting there, and nobody's talking to him. Hmm. I said, well, let me go over and see if I can't talk to Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott had a concussion, and he couldn't open his eyes. Oh, my. And I was like, I was like, well, excuse me, man. I come back and says, no, no, we can talk. We can talk. We can come I can hear. Talk. I can't see, but I can hear. And I'm like, I got a TV camera. I cannot interview a dude that can't open his eyes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a TV moment for you, though. <laughs> but but, but, but I'm, I'll never forget that, though. That wow. He's just, come on, we can talk. We can talk. It's like, nah, bruh. You know, well, yeah, you know, I, I can use the audio. <laughs> right, but I can't. I ain't going to put you on my camera. You can't yeah. even. But that's that's the kind of. And that's the kind of reckless abandonment that dude he played, played with. the with. heart yeah. of a warrior. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, all the time. Was that interview pre cut my finger off or post cut my I finger off? I think that was pre. I think, I think that was pre. That's the yeah, story. That's the that story. I, that's the story everybody knows about yeah, it. Okay. You know what I mean? Because he wanted to play so badly. Right. All right. Yeah. Number but four. I, but I, but I, I, I'll, give Don, I'll give Donald above him. Okay. Number four on this list, I had to do some real thinking about it. And I think that I'll keep number four above Aaron Donald, and that's Mr. Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. Minister of Defense. Oh man, that's that's you're talking strictly on the field because we talking about Minister of Defense. You talk about on the field, off the field. Yeah, but no, even on the field, I think the the havoc that Reggie White endorsed on the field and caused on the field. I remember the one play that always, you know. It's embedded in my brain of Reggie White. I can't remember who the poor offensive tackle was, but Reggie White <laughs> took his right arm, got under his shoulder pad, and you know did the you know what's in the wrestling where they do the little uh, hook over or whatever it's called. <laughs> you know, the, and he just threw the man with one arm he and was like off, get right? out of my way, yeah, and got to the quarterback. And I was, they was like, do y'all realize how strong? This man was, yep. and then you see him in his suit on Sunday preaching. <laughs> <laughs> he so, was the minister of defense. Minister he of defense. That. He was that. Okay. Absolutely. All right. So, I think we're in agreement. Okay. Reggie White stays above. Mm-hmm. All right. Next on this list, and even though it's it's going to be close, near and dear to my heart, I probably would take Aaron Donald over him, and I'm going to lose a lot of people on this one. And I was surprised he was high. So they they ranked the number three all time defensive player is Ray Lewis. Okay. Okay, I was thinking it's gonna be somebody else, but yeah. but, but 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 okay. Yeah, right. but but right. I would. I mean, yes, I think Ray Lewis is a, was a great linebacker, and he was a you know sideline to sideline linebacker and for a long time, for a long time. But I do believe that 
and even though they built the system around him, I do believe that if Ray Lewis didn't have the the guys up front that kept those guards and centers off of him so that he could do that sideline to sideline. And some guys behind him, and too. Behind him that, you know, maybe Ray Lewis would not have had the same career if he was in a different system. I think he was perfect for Baltimore's system. Baltimore took advantage of his skill set. But, um, I mean, what he means to the city of Baltimore, where I'm from, oh, is yeah. legendary. Oh, but, yeah. but actually, on the field, Ray Lewis would not be my first linebacker that I had to take if I had to start my own team. Okay. So I'll take Aaron Donald up front being the disruptive force that he is over Ray Lewis. Okay. Okay. And I think I may follow you on that one. Okay. Now, this is the number two that I was surprised. And this is another Los Angeles Rams and Chargers player, Deacon Jones. Yeah, man. No. Nah. Can you can do you he agree that he should be number two, the number two defense player of all time? Um, I don't know if he's number two, but I don't. Uh, the Donald's not going to top him. Okay, that, that dude, I, I guess I need to go back and watch some era. Deacon Jones film. Yeah, he, they invented a category for him, they, which they, was the sack. Sack. Yeah. Okay. They, they, they were not keeping that before Deacon Jones. Right. Uh, he was just doing it at such a rapid rate, huh. and he couldn't. You know, <laughs> he was just doing it. He was just doing. Un, un, unspeakable things. Okay. Uh, the folks out there. He's kind of from that Dick Buckus era. He, a whole lot of stuff he got away with doing. You you, you do that today. You, you right. assault charge. Okay. All uh, right. So, I, I, that's, and that's the thing, like I said, when you talk about moving folks around all time greats, it's generational mm-hmm. in the things that you saw. Some people talk about, you know, Walter Payton. Some people talk about Emmitt Smith, about right. Barry Sanders. But me, it's always going to be Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? You, you know what I mean? That, that's. That's, well, that's well, you know, thing. that's another list that they did this week. They didn't do – I mean, I've heard different conversations about this whole Aerodrome topic, and the one list that he kept getting compared to was the list of people who quit in their prime. And, of course, Jim Brown and Barry, uh, Barry Sanders. Sanders are the two mm-hmm. names that come up so mm-hmm. much. Oh, they they walked out in their prime. Yeah. Both of them walked out the year after being the leading Russian in the NFL. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, so – and then the the number one on this list, which I do think is undebatable, he definitely wouldn't surplant them. That's LT. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I was waiting to see where he was, and I'm like, no, that's that dude was a, 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 a virtual machine. Yeah. So, so I think if if Aaron Dow never plays another down, and they redo this list again, I have him at four at the latest because LT stays above him, Reggie White stays above him, and I'll put Mean Joe Green. At three, just because of the legendary status that Mean Joe, mean Joe Green has, and I'm bringing in Aaron Donald as the fourth best defensive player of all time. Okay, all right, I see what you. I, I and see what and you listeners, see. you know, follow me on social media. Mm. You know, tell me how dumb I am and how <laughs> how, how short sighted my thinking is. But mm. I, you know, the other names were Ronnie Lott, Ray Lewis, and Dick Buck is in this top seven. And I'm taking Aaron Donald over them all the time. And I may not be able to go back to Baltimore now, but, you know, I got a decent house here in Atlanta, so I'll be okay. <laughs> You're going to be all right. You'll be yeah, all right. I'll be all right. Oh, and that's my, I appreciate it. That's my time today. Fantastic. That was a little trip to Eric's world, man. Hey, great stuff, great debate, and let the debate continue. You want to go with him? You want to hit him up on, the, on the East Slaughter for real uh, on Twitter? You can drop something to me, too. You want to pass it along to him at Sam Crenshaw 23 today. Your thoughts about where Aaron Donald ranks among the all-time top defensive players. I tell you what, talk about all-time greats. We're getting ready to spend some time with an all-time great. One of the all-time greats from the track. Uh, gold medalist, uh, Olympic champion, and a champion for so many different things. Uh, Gail Devers is going to join us. She's got something special coming up. She still runs, too, some. You know, not 
competitively. So let's get up on the track. And she's coaching, too, as well. We can get with that with her. Gail Deaver's Olympic champion coming up and later on in this coming out, Adam Alexander with a different track. And, boys, a whole different flavor this week on NASCAR. Yes, it is. Uh, we'll talk about that as, that as well. You stay with us on this Sunday morning here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.